0: Welcome everybody to the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. We're here with episode number seven. Uh, I've got two sports nuts you're familiar with this week. We've got Matt Hickman coming from the bunker. Matt, how's it going?
1: Fantastic. A little under the weather tonight, so we've got a little bit extra, you know, grit in the voice here. So we'll see how that goes.
0: You kind of sound like one of those late night uh, sports radio guys.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I'll see if I can, with your, you know, uh, picking and grinning, I'm really going to lay it on heavy then. You know, <laughs> see if somebody will call in, we'll create a 1-900 number, monetize this thing.
2: It sounds like you just smoked a pack of Marlboro's.
1: <laughs> it does. Uh, you know, I thought I'm in my late 30s, may as well take up a new habit. I don't, I'm, you know, got so much free time on my hands. Why don't I start smoking? Menthols only, boys.
0: Well, Hickman, what goes well with the, uh, what drink goes well with the menthols?
1: So this is this is sad. Once again, I'm back to the LaCroix this week uh, with the apple cranberry flavor. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I could be more masculine at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's refreshing and delicious, but the way I need to go at the moment.
0: Apple cranberry. Yeah, Rather- remember when
1: you were a kid you drank like uh, Juicy Juice and it was just flavored like berry or something ambiguous? That's effectively what it is, minus the sugar, so...
0: I would recommend the Juicy Juice right now to you, Mr. Hickman.
1: <laughs> Next week, Juicy Juice or Capri Suns.
2: That definitely sounds a little more manly.
0: Other sports <laughs> nut this week, you hear them there. Chris, call it. Chris, what's going on, man?
2: Oh, not much. Uh, kind of like Hickman, a little under the weather. Instead of vodka, I'm sipping on some Dayquil. So uh, Ooh, it is what it
0: is. Still alcoholic. Well, you boys are just barrels of fun tonight. I'm excited. I'm coming to you um, with my... Brown Royal Peach. It's a new thing that came out this year. New thing that came out this year. It is very nice. Put that stuff on the rocks and you are sipping it all night. And guys, before we we get started and jump into our Making Sense of the Week segment, I just need to express that I have recently had a, I don't want to say a sports moment, but um, lots of success in my life. Something I haven't done in a long time. This past week, I defeated the entire game of Kirby's Adventure on the NES.
1: Wow. That's uh, I uh,
0: I don't know when the last time I defeated a game was. Uh, I don't know if I ever played Kirby. It is... I'm 35 years old. It is easily the um, easiest game I've ever played before. I think how, you're
2: going to be long... 36 when we uh, publish this. Just saying. Yeah,
1: how much longer will you be 35?
2: Well,
0: I'm uh, looking at another three or four hours. But I'm
2: excited
1: to get to 36
0: because I'm back in the land of Shaquille O'Neal jersey numbers.
1: (laughs) What was he with? The Celtics at 36? Yeah, so you're getting Celtic Shaq starting tomorrow. All right, well, happy
2: birthday. have one of those jerseys Uh, on order, Logan?
0: No, but I need to. That's a good call.
1: (laughs) That's a must. That's a must. You need need to wear that every day that you're 36. If you go to a meeting, it needs to be under your suit. Uh, That's an idea. That is an idea. Yeah, you got to love when you hear that. I've <laughs> Bosses tell me that. That's an idea there, Hickey. Great.
0: I love it. Your bosses call you Hickey.
1: <laughs> uh, they they don't. I just made that up. <laughs>
0: Trying to sound cool to your hip friends. I'm pretty hipster <laughs> these days.
1: Yeah, basically. Uh, basically, yeah. Here's his hipster. Either way, happy birthday, Logan. We love you. Thank ya. you, gentlemen. Cheers Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Um. Well, let's jump on into it this week. Um, if you're just joining us, feel free to catch us on Twitter at Sports Nuts Pod. We got a Facebook group going. Uh, feel free to chime in there. But let's start this week like we do every week with a Making Sense of the Week segment. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long-term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. All right, guys, let's make sense of of. The big stories coming out. College football has kicked off, but there's not a whole lot of uh, interesting and craziness going on yet in college football. No major upsets. But in the NFL, we got some craziness going on. Have you guys been keeping up with Mr. Antonio Brown? It is rather
2: exhausting.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, Antonio Brown, he managed to get himself traded to the Raiders. Evidently, he really wanted to go to the Patriots. The Patriots really wanted him to go there. He goes to the Raiders. Decides he needs a new helmet. Decides to frostbite his feet off. Uh, decides to record coaches. Basically gets his way to a cut. Gets to the Patriots. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume you know everything going on with Antonio Brown. A lot of the, a lot of the bad, a lot of the ugly. Very little of the good. Guys not played yet. May not play this week. But, guys, is Antonio Brown legit crazy, or has this just been the master plan between him and Bill Belichick?
1: Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of A, a little bit of B. You see what I did there?
0: Oh, you made A, B. Uh, I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we talked about it last week. Dude, I think dude's legit nuts. Um, He's, he's – uh, there had to have been like, – obviously, you want to assume there's some kind of a tampering where – the Patriots have this nefarious plan to steal him, and maybe He obviously orchestrated his way out. That was clearly intentional. Now, whether it was a long con and he had plans before that, I don't want to dive into that dude's he, mind at all.
2: He's probably not that smart. Let's be honest.
1: He did. He did. Uh, will willingly go to a Butch Jones coach university. So that's that's the beginning of the problem. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I have I don't want to dive into what he's thinking. I think he's mostly nuts and then there was elements of strategy to the end of it that put him in New England for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely I don't think it's by coincidence that Bill Belichick found a player who potentially is just as good at spying as he is. But the pace of it all, I do have to think the Patriots were involved. I'm also completely biased against the Patriots. So if there was potential for something bad to happen, they definitely did it and I don't give the jury any chance to decide. But enough of Antonio Brown. Well, before I move on, as far as fantasy goes, what's your all's take on Antonio Brown? Keep him, drop him, trade for him, start him?
2: I I'm literally trading him for anything I can get. I'm I'm not going to be that picky uh, at this point. If I can get a wide receiver 3, hell, I'm I'm taking it. Uh I mean, he may play, he may not play. So, at this point, I'm just taking anything I can get. Let somebody else take that risk.
1: Yeah, unless I absolutely love my team, which at week one, it's really difficult to know that. And you could you know, feel good stashing him. Absolutely, I'm the same way. I'd I'd deal him for, yeah, Michael Gallup or something.
0: All right, well, let's move into, as we continue to make sense of the NFL, week one winners. Chris, the biggest winner of week one, in your opinion, was who? Uh,
2: The New England Patriots. They... Looked really, really good uh, without Antonio Brown. So, if he happens, happens to play, they um, would like stopping that offense. And their defense looked actually good. Uh, the Pat, Pats were my big winners on that one. Hickman, how good did that defense look? Yeah, Chris, you got
1: it wrong. The defense are why, is why they're good. People will stop that offense as, as the year goes on. Um,
2: how are they going to stop that offense?
1: By man-to-man and covering a freaking slot receiver once in a while. But – I mean, they they scored 13 points in the Super Bowl last year, the fewest ever to win a Super Bowl. But anyway, their defense is really good. They're not going to lose. There's no chance of them losing in the first nine weeks. Everything just comes up roses for them, and I'm so tired of it. I mean.
0: If you have a defense out there that can man-to-man Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon, just let me know. But until then. With
2: Edelman in the slot.
0: And James White out of the backfield, Rex Burkhead out of the backfield. I don't know what you do to stop them um i don't know if anybody's going to figure out what to do to stop them but the pats were definitely the winner of week one a uh, couple more winners we have here of week one Dak prescott's bank account dude was on fire supposedly says thinks he's worth 40 million uh, decides to throw for four touchdowns look good in the process hickman you think that gets paid soon
1: I think he does. Uh, He'll get paid outside of market value. Sometimes people bet on themselves and win. It just is at at the right time. Joe Flacco is the best example of that. Um, And Dak may be in that camp as well. I think I need to take a look. I believe the the, uh, Cowboys have a pretty favorable schedule early in the year. Also, they get the Giants twice, the Redskins twice this year, and that doesn't hurt. So, uh, yeah, good for Dak. He's not worth that much money, but good for him.
2: Chris, you think that gets the full 40 or are they going to split the difference somewhere? I'm still not sold that he gets paid by the Cowboys, so uh, definitely not getting 40. Uh, I mean, if he's a free agent, I don't know who's paying him 40. I I wish him luck if they are. So, yeah, the Giants really suck. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know who
0: I thought sucked and evidently still has some gas in the tank? LaShawn McCoy.
2: Oh, that was depressing.
0: (laughs) You must have uh, have D Williams on the roster there, Chris.
2: Uh, I did, yeah. Already traded.
0: What McCoy had? What 10, 12 carries, eighty yards, something like that. I, yeah, he
2: averaged eight yards a pop.
0: I mean, evidently the dude has it. Andy Reid wanted him for a reason. Does Does McCoy have a breakout year this year, or is at some point the wheels just have to fall off? Higman, you love Andy Reid more than anybody I know.
1: <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say I don't know breakout, but he could have one of those like late career resurgent seasons, kind of like where Curtis Martin was ageless. I think he was the oldest running back to lead the league in rushing in like 2004 or something like that. But I can see – he's not going to lead the league in rushing, but it makes me wonder if these past, you know, four years in Buffalo, he's just been beating his head against the wall, which, I mean, it was Buffalo. It was an absolute wasteland, so probably so. So maybe he's had gas in the tank the whole time. We just didn't know it because he was playing on a horrible team. So um, I've always liked Shady, so – Good for him.
0: Fun fact about Buffalo, the city, not the team. A buddy of mine here in Knoxville just moved from Buffalo. Evidently, some of the world's best bowling happens in Buffalo.
2: There's not much else to do there. Well,
0: and that's, I I assume that's the case is you got to do something indoors. So, um, but him and his whole family moved down here. They all have their own bowling balls and stuff. Chris, we're still looking for some week one winners. We got the Pats. We got Dax bank account. We got LaShawn McCoy anybody else on your list week one
2: i'm gonna go with the tennessee titans they uh absolutely beat down the the browns just demolished them they punched them in the mouth when uh, derrick henry went for the screen pass for about 75 yards and the browns stayed down and then the titans just trampled over in the rest of the game it was beautiful as a titans fan it's nice to get a little hope early in the season so
0: yeah is that titans
2: d legit this year um, as I said, like two or three episodes ago, yeah, the Titans' defense is good. They can run the ball. Uh, they're they're actually a pretty good team. The question mark is Mariota, which is probably the worst spot you can have a question mark at. So, Mariota. Just a year ago, we were calling him mari Uh, That's still maybe my fantasy team one or two places. So, <laughs> you are super lame. Well, if I were picking a, a next winner, uh, I'll make this one brief.
0: But Mike Mayock. Uh, he may actually keep his job for a little bit longer. I assume he's eventually going to be the scapegoat when Gruden realizes he's the game has passed him by. But uh, getting Antonio Brown on another roster with him still being employed and collecting a paycheck has to be a win for, for Mr. Mayock. And then last, last week, one winner I've got, I think this guy surprised the pants out of me. Evidently, all these fancy experts saw it coming, but I know I mentioned last week he was the guy I wanted on my bench. He was sitting on my bench in most of my fantasy leagues, but Lamar Jackson came out guns a blazing, uh, just chucking deep shots. I hadn't seen anything like it since probably Michael Vick back in the day. But Lamar Jackson, did you see that coming, Chris?
2: Um, It helps that he played a team that's already quit as a week one. So I'm not that impressed. Like his numbers, his numbers were good, but it was against the Dolphins. He gets the Cardinals this week. So I mean, he should have another good week, but. Cardinals he faces, without
0: Patrick Peterson.
2: If he faces an actual defense at some point this year, I, I'm a little skeptical at what he brings to the table.
0: Hickman, how scared are the Steelers that Lamar Jackson and the
1: Ravens are dropping bombs to Malcolm Brown?
0: Um,
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that the Steelers are only scared of New England. Um, so they'll they'll go toe to toe with Baltimore. They're what you know. They're a ten win team, nine win team. Both teams are very very similar, I think. But yeah, the Ravens will. Put up a fight. The Browns, I think we we all caught it on Cleveland.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Cleveland, let's move on into our week one. Le who?
1: The hers.
2: <laughs>
0: the Browns hype train. I don't normally like all these videos of, you know, they seem to always in a close college football game find the one 11-year-old girl who's been up four hours past her bedtime bawling her eyes out because her team got beaten on Hail Mary. And that junk drives me nuts. But give me all of the Browns fans yelling obscenities, birds a-flying, hats a-throwing. Yeah. For some reason, they thought this was their year. The Browns ended up with five personal fouls and over 100 penalty yards in the first half of that game. We all saw it coming. Chris, is the Browns hype train officially dead, or is they just they just waiting a week?
2: Uh, I don't think it's dead. I mean, I don't think that division's any good. The Steelers can't score a touchdown. Um, uh, the Bengals know. are the Bengals. Yeah.
0: No, uh, I believe oh. you are incorrect there.
2: They are do you know they're still leads, the Bengals.
0: Do you know who leads the NFL in passing right now?
2: Uh, is it the Red Rocket?
0: It is the Red Rocket. Dandy Andy Dalton.
2: And in Baltimore, I'm a little skeptical if they have to play a team that's actually good. So, I think the Browns can still win the division. Uh, but they did get punched in the face last week and did not get back up. So, a little worried about it, but I'm not off the hype train yet.
1: I'm... I never jumped on it, but uh, if I were, I'd be I'd be diving off. I mean, so ma- we talked about it before, but so many egos and so much maturity that needs to happen. You've got to have a coach that's a little bit seasoned. Freddie Kitchens, I still remember him being like. I lived in Alabama when he was the Bama's quarterback, and back then they called him Fat Freddie Kitchens because he was a little little hefty. Uh,
2: he still is. <laughs> he, well, a- anyway,
1: I mean, he's probably a really good coach, but as opposed to like being the you know, going for all the the uh, X's and O wizardry, you need somebody who's a real stable presence in the locker room, and I don't, I don't know that he is that yet.
0: Well, that's so, why he brought in uh, Baker Mayfield.
1: Good call. Good call. <laughs> Steady hey, uh, Eddie.
0: <laughs> hey, is Fat Eddie would he be a uh, uh, interested in being a guest on the Beer Guts podcast sometime? You think?
1: Fat Freddy Kitchens, after I yes. called him that. Well, just if it's a podcast exclusively about 1995 through 1997, Tennessee versus Alabama football. Chris no, 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 no.
0: no. it's going to be the Fat Eddie podcast. We're going to get Eddie Lacey. We're going to get Freddy oh. Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to let them know up front. We're bringing y'all in because you're fat.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love it. Okay. Sounds good. We'll have a memorial for you know, hefty lefty and Oliver Miller.
0: Amen. Chris, how much leverage does Melvin Gordon have now that Mr. Eckler decided that he is decent in football?
2: Yeah, he has less than he had before, which was none. Uh, just, just sign your damn tender. Come, Like you're, you're giving away free money. You're, you're not getting anything better. I, I have no clue what he's doing. So it's, it's a, it's a situation. that's just asinine. Uh, he's just, Literally giving the Chargers three hundred thousand dollars a week, not to play. So, and I don't think the Chargers mind at all. They're like, okay, we'll take the three hundred dollars, three hundred thousand dollars savings. So, I don't know not, what he, I don't know what his game plan is. Not only do
0: they not mind it, I mean, I'm sure if Philip Rivers wakes up every morning just stretching the old arm out there, like, all right, that's just that's ten more passes I'm throwing every week. They know they're not winning the title. They know they're not competing. Um, I can't imagine that there's a whole lot of of caring there. Eventually, Gordon's going to have to break down. Um, and, and sign that that tender but while he is not playing at least he's not getting hurt fantasy players that got hurt this past week my boy um, Joe Mixon we got Tyreek Hill both these guys got hurt in the first quarter uh, Tevin Coleman's hurt and maybe hurt for a bit Nick Foles is is done uh, Nick Foles pulled a Nick Foles Darius Geis nobody saw that one coming <laughs> right Higman?
1: uh swing and miss
0: <laughs> uh so fantasy players getting hurt early what do you guys do one from a NFL perspective if you're uh, if you're with those teams is this just uh pick up and move on um or are you waiting for these guys to come back
1: well i mean every every situation is different usually with running backs it's it's plug and play so it's it's interesting there uh, frankly i did have a fantasy team in a league where i after the draft, I thought, man, these guys are Trumps. So I'm definitely winning all the money. I happen to have Mixon, Coleman, and Geis on that Ooh, team. So Well done. Yeah, rolling with Peyton Barber next week, so real excited there. Anyway. Um, you,
0: should, you should pick injuries for your uh, picking and grinning segment this week. <laughs>
1: I should. We'll go with that. Uh, no, but I, I think uh, probably the most interesting one was Jacksonville when they rolled up with old Gardner Minshew, who was – at Washington state and Mike Leach post game interview. He does a quote from Denzel Washington coach Boone from remember the Titans sporting the millennial stash. My gosh, (laughs) he's just thrown into Jacksonville lore, which is, you know, not super deep in tradition, but Hey, should be interesting.
0: He was clearly a guy who had thought through what his first NFL game was going to be like. And the interview was going to be like, but you could also tell he did not at all think it was going to be anytime soon. That dude right. Was,
1: right.
0: <laughs> he was cracking me up. Yeah, uh, of those it. guys, I, yeah. of those guys, who's who's the one you're most worried about, Chris Hill, Mixon,
2: Coleman, Foles, Geis? I'm probably worried about Foles just because he's a quarterback. It pretty much sinks Jacksonville's season. Not that Foles was great, but I mean, there, there's been a history of like rookie quarterbacks having one or two good games. And then hitting that wall and just completely falling off, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened with Uh, uh Other than that, Tyreek Hill, he stretches the field, just a dynamic player. Uh, there's a chance it may only be about a four to six week injury. So, and the Chiefs are good enough; they just need him healthy for the postseason, and they're going to win their win their division. So, but but if but if you're the Redskins,
0: Darius Geis is out. I mean, do you 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 going back to the Adrian Peterson well, or what are where you doing with that? that backfield
2: i uh, you go back to peterson on first and second down and chris thompson on third down i mean it's a running back guys guys hasn't shown he's anything in the nfl so that
1: team is is definitely going yeah I mean, that's the thing they're, they're going nowhere we we know that about washington so uh i don't think it changed the trajectory for the team much i don't think san francisco is doing much whether tevin coleman's playing or not um you know, the thing about Hill is he's the ceiling's incredibly high for Kansas City, so that could impact a playoff team. So that's the one I would be most concerned about, even if he is healthy. You know, this you don't want anything that lingers because it you know, happens again and near the postseason. So that's the one I'd be most concerned about.
0: All right. And the literal biggest loser of week one the Bears and Mitch Trubisky managed to put up three whopping points. And not only that, but looked terrible in the process. You guys' thought changed at all for the Bears this year after seeing that week one performance?
1: Not really. I didn't have their ceiling super high. But, man, they they just looked awful. Um, I can't imagine the Packers have this incredible dynamic defense. But um, also, first game, Thursday night, they could could definitely look a little rebound. It's, It's week one. There's always an anomaly or two in, in the first couple of weeks of the season, so uh, they're not—they're not a, you know, four or five win ten. I think their they're team, they're more of a seven or eight, nine win team somewhere in there. I think that's still what they are.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I saw something on the Twitter where Mitch Trubisky had the most money put on him to win the MVP this year out of all the players. <laughs> wow,
0: so. I did not know Mitch's dad was so loaded.
1: Does that mean, yeah? <laughs>
2: I mean, I guess his like odds were low. Everybody was just thinking the Bears were going to be good.
1: Did like the SNL Bears fans just show up in Vegas shouting? They're wearing their sweaters and <laughs> dropping dimes on Trubisky.
0: That is true, though. The Bears do have a following. They do have a fan base that would go all in on Trubisky for MVP. Yeah. So, Chris, what surprised you most about Week One in the NFL?
2: Um, it was the Steelers just getting their ass kicked by uh, New England. Don't know why it surprised me. Yeah, but I don't either. I was laying in yeah. bed Sunday night, and I was just so happy just watching, uh, just watching it unfold because I love watching the Steelers suck. Uh, who's their defensive coordinator, Hickman? Help me, help me out on that one. I don't even know. He's uh, it's effing, the ghost
0: of Dick LeBeau. Let's be honest. Yeah, He's they
2: terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like the I, Patriots have ran the same four plays for the last decade. And the yes. Steelers still cannot stop, even come close to stopping him. It was it was terrible to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I have no idea why that surprised you. Is it unfolded, I was like, this is exactly what I, is exactly how I expected it to go. So
2: I, I was your, just hoping your, to see a good your, game.
1: It's your biggest character flaw, Chris, that you like the Patriots more than any team.
2: Uh, I like the Titans more than any team. Come on, man.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I know you like the Titans more than the team, That you like the Patriots more than anyone is what I mean. They should be last.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can think of about... You uh, like it
1: more than the Steelers. That's, that's 28
2: it. teams I like uh, less than the Patriots, so it is what it is.
1: Okay.
0: Higman, hey, what surprised you the most week one?
1: Um, <laughs> I was Kyler Murray's second half. That was... um. You know, you, you've seen, like, like Chris was saying, you'll, you'll see these rookie quarterbacks that come in and maybe have a uh, have a hot start, but rarely do you see a, see a game that flips so much or so quickly. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Matt Patricia being just an absolute moron. But anyway. Um,
2: moron.
1: I'm sorry, Matt. You, we you don't, don't like seeing here, that pencil
2: behind his ear?
1: The pencil and the crutches, I'm not sure what inspires less confidence, <laughs> but either way, just uh, – <laughs> Yeah, that was uh that was rough. No, know, I was I was really surprised to see his second half when he I mean he came out look, looking good. I mean, against it was against Detroit, but I don't know, cool to see that for a for a young kid to rebound uh from such a disastrous first half.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like to make fun of the Cardinals more than anybody. You know, you hire a a coach who is fired in the college level for never being uber successful. By his alma mater. By his alma mater. Good point. You bring in a quarterback who can barely see over the uh, the counter at McDonald's when he orders. And then, you know, they seem, though, to actually figure out what to do in the second half. And, yes, that meant they threw the ball almost 60 times. But, I mean, if that's what that guy needs to get into a rhythm, that's what he did in college, uh, I, I applaud I applaud them for, uh, for at least trying something different. For me, the biggest surprise week one was Lamar Jackson. I did not expect – the Ravens to allow him to throw the ball the way they did. They have, you know, for the last decade, have been a run-first offense, run the ball more than everybody except for the Seattle Seahawks. And I just thought Lamar Jackson's going to be a, a running quarterback. Well, boy, was I wrong. They they put the pedal to the metal and just kept the pedal down. So good for Lamar Jackson. What's more likely, guys? The Pats go sixteen and zero, or the Dolphins go zero and sixteen?
2: I got to take the Dolphins on that one. I. Right. I mean, they already they've they've quit. Uh, but, I mean, when you, know, you, when you say they quit, like
0: literally, what like almost a dozen players have asked for a trade at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, when when you trade any serviceable player that's already on the team right before the season starts, uh, and you go with uh, Fitzpatrick and I don't know Rosen as your quarterbacks, and you're not even giving Rosen a chance to do something. I mean, you know Fitzpatrick, he, he's he's a backup. I don't even know why they put him in the field. They should have risen out there, but they've literally quit. So, it wouldn't surprise me if it just got really ugly because, I mean, they're openly tanking, and that's a hard thing to do, especially when your average shelf life for an NFL player is less than three years. Nobody wants to waste a year, so. Well, not just,
0: not just that, but, like, in the NBA, when you tank, you have a, you know, a large roster now with the D League. Like, you can take stars and sit them and rest them. And their shelf life's a little bit longer. In the NFL, you got a 53 man roster. You got to put 22 out there on a regular basis. These, I mean, players at this point know you're not trying to be competitive. Um, Yeah, I fully expect the Dolphins. You know, put in perspective on my, um, uh, in my league, my Survivor League, I plan on basically picking whoever's playing the Dolphins pretty much every week until I get to a matchup in which they're playing. Somebody terrible, but
1: yeah, that's definitely the right answer. It's so difficult to go in the undefeated in the NFL, even if you know you're the Patriots and you know, fart four leaf clovers. But it's, it's sad. I mean, it's just you just can't fart can't four it. leaf clovers. Is this the phrase I've that has just popped up here on the Sports Nuts Beer Guts podcast? It just, it, it just came to mind because you know, uh, luck and you know, Boston with the Celtics and the Clovers. I, you know, it's okay. Maybe it won't stick, it's but not it's, bad. Like, oh, it's not I bad. I like it. I like it. Okay. Anyway, that's my perception of the Patriots. That's another thing. Anyway, um, yeah, the Dolphins are openly taking, and a lot of times, like it's all about positioning for the playoffs. And once you've secured that, it's irrelevant as to whether you're fifteen and one or fourteen and two or eleven and five, as New England has been with home field advantage before. Um, so at the end, they're just gonna yeah sit down. They, they're they're going to start off nine and zero, and then after that, they've got some tough games. So yeah, Dolphins though, good luck, boys. All right,
0: so let's wrap up our. Uh, Our first segment here, let's make sense of the NFL with a little fantasy advice uh, going forward based on one week. Guys, who did you target with the free agent bucks? Um, Chris, you seem to go crazy with the free agent bucks. Who did you target and why (laughs) in the world did you spend 60% of your money in week one?
2: Each each league I'm in is different. Um, In our league, it's a 14-team league with a four-person bench. Extremely shallow. like just You can't really stash anybody on your bench. You have to be able to play them at any given time. So hey, I minute, spent did he a just lot...
0: call us shallow? He
1: did. Yeah, yeah, I was
2: guilty. And uh, yeah. I, I spent a lot on Malcolm Brown. Uh, last week I said his person I should stash. I didn't listen to my own advice on that one. would have saved myself about 40% of my budget. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not a believer in Todd Gurley this year. I made that known multiple times. It is what it is. And the biggest thing for him was seeing that Washington got one carry all day. And I, uh, if something happens to Gurley, which it will at some point, Brown's the guy. So I, I was like, I, it's worth investing in. Didn't
0: and they then, have a Tennessee running back at one point too? Or am oh, I making this up? They
2: had the Kelly kid. John Kelly, him. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Is that John who it was? Yeah. Is yeah.
0: he
1: yeah. no longer there?
2: I think he's a practice squad guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. He had some epic stiff arms in college, but I don't know.
2: He's solid, just a little undersized. That's and then I got the Lions tight end, the uh, good old Hawk. I don't know how to say his name. Hawkinson. I'm just, gonna, I'm just calling him Hawk. He uh he had a good week one game. He was the ninth overall pick. Everybody coming out of Iowa, he was by far the best tight end in the draft. So eh. I think he's worth a flyer, especially in a fourteen team league. Whenever there's people in the league that I do a podcast with that have terrible tight ends, I was like, I'm just gonna stash the tight ends and uh Kind of corner that market. It's kind of my goal.
0: Did your tight end go for a 50-yard touchdown in the first quarter of
1: the of, of week one?
2: I mean, my tight end scored two touchdowns, so I felt pretty good about that.
1: Ooh, did, two touchdowns. Did, did your tight end score the first touchdown of the NFL season?
2: Boom, uh, my, my tight end's not Jim Graham, so no. <laughs>
0: uh, is there anybody after week one you guys are looking to trade for or you're looking to trade, get out of your out of your team, Pigman Pickman.
1: Yeah, I got both. Um, so, if I have Mark Ingram, I'm dealing him. so high.
2: Really? Yeah. so high.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, Raven's offense is, is going to be good. Did he have two touchdowns this week? Yeah, on 14 carries. Okay. And I know y- you should limit the carries that we're getting playing. The Dolphins, that might have been, you know, seven too many. But um, I, I'm i still not a, not a huge Ingram guy. But I think you can get, like, really good value for him right now. I'm all about – Trading somebody after they've had a, a blow up week. Um, on the other side, I am trading four Steelers not named Ben Roethlisberger. So Juju or James Conner again, week against the against um, Bill Belichick. They're going to have good seasons. They still are. Conner's a bell cow. Uh, what about
0: Moncrief? Are you trading for Moncrief?
1: Okay, I'm,
0: let, hey, me, uh, let me let me
2: expand that. Uh, James yeah. Washington. He was the uh, worst ranked wide receiver according to PFF.
1: Definitely believe that. Let, let me rephrase that. I'm trading for Connor or Juju. How about that? Okay. <laughs> okay. That That's a much better and honest statement.
0: Good no, Good to know. Now, Gronk has popped up. Uh, people have, in all of the major ESPN Yahoo leagues, he was drafted by all the experts at some point. Everybody keeps asking him because he's been pretty vague about coming back. Did you guys see his response as to what it would take for him to come back to the NFL this week? Uh, no. Nice. What did he said?
1: He needs to like eat a pizza and smash a beer on his head, and then eat some Tide Pods, and he's ready to go.
0: No, he said that he would not look to come back to the NFL until they legalize legalize CBD oil, which is <laughs> his new his new, feature, his, his yeah. new business. <laughs> All right. All right.
1: That sounds good.
0: All right. Well, boys, that's making sense of the uh, of the NFL here, Week One. We're going to move into segment number two. We've decided to rename this segment. Matt Hickman's coming with the brilliant ideas. We're going to call this segment, Is That the Beer Talking? <laughs> Expect some heavy hitters here, guys. Rocky continues to flop, and Kentucky just lost their quarterback. Guys, you're both Tennessee fans. What's the outlook look like for for uh, Rocky Top here? Uh, Finish off college football season.
1: So um, for the Vols, the absolute ceiling is four wins. Which would be the third time in program history they've had they've been three games below 500 in 100 and however many years. Oh, sad. Um, So I and I don't I don't think they get that. I think two or three wins is what happens, and that's unprecedented in Knoxville.
0: Chris, I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot here. Kentucky just Mm -hmm. lost their starting quarterback. Luckily, we somehow brought in a guy from Troy who at one point was the number 21-ranked dual-threat quarterback in the country. Uh, our backup quarterback, who had the starting job a couple years ago, decided to be the third uh, quarterback at Ohio State. So, in a team that should win eight or nine games, we got a new quarterback coming for the rest of the year. Expectations moving forward for Tennessee and Kentucky. What do you got?
2: Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Vols first. And since the segment's called "Is This the Beer Talking?" Well, let's get a little crazy here. <sighs> a couple of weeks ago, Logan, you made a you made a bet where you're like, uh, "I'm going to pick Duke uh, against Alabama," and I gave you a lot of hell about that because I was like, "I don't even know why Duke's even caring about that game; it means nothing." Well, I'm 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 going to go on this conspiracy theory that Pruitt's just like, I don't give a damn if we lose to Georgia State or BYU or UTC; we're going to the swamp and kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> So it's a kind of like the Trojan horse right now. Um. Nope.
0: Nope. Chris, Chris, first of all, you're not actually drinking anything tonight.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm but not. You but you
0: legit think this plant, this secret spy from Alabama has been rocking the Trojan horse so that oh. he could surprise everybody and beat Florida in the swamp. That's what this whole grand experiment was.
2: Oh. You'll all be laughing in a couple of weeks when it happens, I guess. Well, Ducky uh, plays Florida this week. Do they have a chance? Uh, no, they don't. It, it's at home. It doesn't yeah, matter. In, they, don't, the they don't have a quarterback. Troy State guy is not a legit quarterback.
0: Uh, his name is Sawyer Brown. Is Ann that real? Hickman. It's called K. Roger Field. Okay. We don't have to deal <laughs> oh, with the corporate sponsorships on this podcast.
1: I'm, yeah, that's true. Sorry. My bad.
0: <laughs> Hugh Freeze decided to coach from a dental chair. That Liberty bought for him, but Liberty refuses and won't allow any media member to call it a dental chair. Uh, You may remember last week he coached from a hospital bed. Hickman, what is your seat chair bed of choice if you were coaching um, from the press box due to a quote unquote injury?
1: So if I'm going to sit there in a chair and appear lazy, I'm just going to go straight up lazy boy, man. I want, I want the cup holder. Let's kick the feet back. If I want to be an armchair quarterback, by gosh, I'm going to be an armchair quarterback or coach or whatever. So if I'm going to look lazy, I may as well be comfortable doing it.
2: Ditto to what he said.
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't know why you're not in a lazy boy. The only thing I could
0: think of, you know, just give me one of those giant sectionals, but not just a sectional, but also like that, you know, five foot by five foot square ottoman to put right in the middle of it. Just let me crash. Let me sit wherever I want to. And I'll tell you what. I'm not watching the game on the field. I'm watching it from a big old seventy inch TV somewhere. Oh, yeah. Just gonna sit back with my headset on with my popcorn.
1: <clears throat> and you got multiple angles. You can have the, you know, the secondary view. And all that sounds pretty great. I mean, I'd, maybe, I think, maybe maybe was
0: an old innovator there too. I think more coaches. I'd do it. All right, guys. We have had our fair share of memories at the CC's Pizza for my true friends that were um, lovingly (laughs) loving enough to go to my wedding. Thank you, Matt Hickman. Glad to be there. I appreciate you being there. Uh, we made us made a CC spot. We decided to have a little punt contest afterwards, but, uh, we've eaten our fair share of CCs. Did you guys see here? Some of their locations were doing a contest. You and a friend (laughs) Have one hour to eat a 28-inch one-topping pizza. First question, what's your one-topping, Chris
1: Collette?
2: I got to go with uh, bacon on that one.
0: Bacon? That seems like an odd choice. Hickman?
1: That's a terrible choice. That's going to fill you up and, and make Bacon's you feel better awful. better on
0: everything. And it's like crunchy,
1: uh. like it's going to get your throat. Uh. Also, it sees bacon. So you're talking about bacon sprinkled on you know, hard crust and cheese. So, yeah,
0: you're just getting like clobs of bacon bits and they're calling it bacon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bacon bits with quotations. But yeah. David, <laughs> hey, what are you eating? Uh, I'm going to do something light on it. Uh, y'all are probably like green peppers. You don't do that if you're, if it's a contest, you don't do it for taste. You do it for what will go down easiest, cause you the fewest problems, and be the lightest.
2: Well, it seems like it would cause me a lot of problems.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't like green foods.
0: Well speaking of green foods I would probably go with spinach uh, would be my thought. I mean it's oh. barely there uh, goes down quick um, <laughs> but you got one friend who are
1: you picking Hickman? Well by the way, Chris looks just so disgusted by our answers like <laughs> just 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 sad to be with us but
2: uh, I am
1: right. Hickman, so who are I- you
0: picking and how long does it take you guys to eat a 28 inch pizza?
1: All right, so I'm harkening back to that famous day in 2008, prior to your wedding, when I devoured 40 slices of Cece's pizza. My buddy Will Cooper ate 38. So uh, Will and I are gonna go, you know, gonna handle that 28-inch pizza. It's gonna take us the hour, um, and we're not gonna go play basketball afterwards like we did last time. But um, that's that's my that's my teammate. We got it.
0: I like it, Chris. Who you picking and how long does it take?
2: Uh, I had a better idea on this one. I'm going to go run a half marathon before we go to CC's uh, <laughs> because last time I ran a half marathon or half of a half marathon, pizza was the most delicious thing ever, and I'm inviting McClure Boyd, uh, Mr. Pizza Aficionado, to come along, and and we're going to demolish that thing. I'm, I'm giving it 30, 33 minutes tops.
1: It's a strong choice. Oh, that
0: yeah. is. I, too, was thinking about going with McClure Boyd. You guys, I'm sure, in podcast land we will hear more about McClure Boyd come uh, come NBA season. He's our resident basketball expert. But for me, Will Cooper's a fine choice. I'm afraid McClure, though, is at one point, he's just going to get too full and he's just going to stop. But there is a friend out there in Knoxville who is more competitive than most, is not going to stop when his belly gets full He's gonna make sure he eats all twenty-eight inches if he has to by himself. Andy Hicks is my partner, <laughs> and we're we're going to pay land with this thing. We're probably Good. not winning.
2: <laughs> there's a ninety-eight percent chance y'all are getting kicked out of these.
0: Pieces. Well, there's
1: we gotta make sure Hickman uh, Andy can actually find the pizza too. You. <laughs> In high school, Andy did call me once asking to help him find the pizza in his refrigerator.
0: This is a this is a guy with a PhD, like a brilliant guy who could not find the pizza in his refrigerator. Smarter
1: than the three of us put together. (laughs)
0: Um just so everybody knows, uh CC's did this contest all across in big cities across USA. Six teams finished it. The winning team won twenty five hundred bucks. Finished a 28-inch pizza in 7 minutes and 25 seconds. Oh
1: that's gosh. impressive.
0: I mean, one of those has to be professional professional eater.
1: I, f- I feel like we should set something like that up. If we could somehow have a tag team pizza contest. I mean, I know we're too old for that, but I feel like that's something we should try to do at like 37. So we could have started. like a
2: Sports Nuts and Beer Guts pizza eating contest?
1: Sports Nuts and Beer Guts pizza contest, and you get a teammate. And, no. No.
0: What at, at some point we've got to do the sports nuts and beer guts beer mile.
1: Oh, sign me up for that in, one. In
0: that would be a good one. Uh, well, we can we betting
1: could, odds on that. That's so you, yes. you'd be the heavy favorite, Logan.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Chris is chugging that a lot quicker than I am.
1: Uh,
2: true. I'm also running way slower than you are.
0: <laughs> also true. <laughs> all right, guys, California uh, looks like they're officially going to pass the name, image, and likeness bill. They're going to allow players to, to make money, uh, college players. The NCAA in the past had said they would ban all California schools from championship play. At this point, what happens next, Chris? Who, who's going to win out on this one?
2: Well, common sense says that NCAA will just be like, okay, we'll go with the Olympic model. You can use your likeness, make, make money. It, I don't know anybody besides the NCAA that's opposed to this idea. Literally nobody. Uh, that's what common sense says. But it's NCAA. I eventually they're just going to like take this thing so far they're going to like commit suicide. But they're one of these. They're an association that's so big. I, don't, I They may be too big to fail. I don't know. So they'll probably do something stupid. But they should just be like, okay, we'll go with the Olympic model. Everybody wins in this situation. Literally everybody. And it it gives us some goodwill. So that's the hope.
0: Yeah, I assume what will happen is I do think the NCAA, they can't budge at this point. They can't just say, we'll let California do it and nobody else. So we may see a year in which no California schools, sorry Stanford, can win a uh, a title. I think it's only going to take a year. Then the NCAA is going to come back and be like, hey, guys, let's negotiate something. And they're going to drag their feet for three or four or five years. And at that point, we're finally going to get a – something past that allows players to – college players to make money.
1: Yeah, regardless, I just trust the NCAA will make the wrong decision. They're like the IOC and FIFA, just completely in, you know, inept and corrupt.
0: Yeah. All right, Lonzo Ball admitted on a, on a podcast, unfortunately it wasn't sports nuts and beer guts, uh, that he had to swap out his big baller brand shoes um, every quarter at least because those six to $800 shoes would rip all the time. Chris, what's the appropriate punishment for Big Baller Brand?
2: Um, to never see Levar Ball on my TV again.
1: <laughs>
0: Hickman, you got a better one.
1: Yeah, they need to stay in their lane, never come Ooh. back. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like yeah, what you they're... did there, Hickman.
1: Yeah, I'm all over it tonight with the puns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, last one here for the for the is the beer talking segment. Alabama football has decided to complain about another daytime start this week. We got a noontime kick, evidently they're. <laughs> fearful for the safety of their fans and players to have to play in the heat of the day. Chris, do you have any sympathy for the Tide? Uh, hell to the no. <laughs> get out of here. It's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, they can complain about their their non-conference schedule because, one, if they were playing anybody, it would be a primetime game. But when you beat somebody by 70, nobody wants to watch it. Uh, Duke was still a primetime game. Well, again, you play somebody decent, you're going to get primetime. But their SEC schedule, I guarantee they play the fewest daytime games because even when they play Vandy, that's a prime time kickoff. Hickman, I know you have a lot of sympathy for Bama in general. How oh, bad yeah. do you feel?
1: I feel bad that they're in the central time zone. That's really all. What
0: well, the those hell does that are. mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the only reason I said it, to get some kind of response out of you, Chris. That's all. Central is in the best time zone? No, uh, no sympathy for Alabama. They're playing. They're going to wake up. The fans will be hungover. They'll beat South Carolina, and you know the game will be over by by you know two thirty. So
2: if if anything, it's safer for the fans because they don't have eight hours to day drink. I mean, it's just they get to the parking lot. They they pound a six pack of beer and they go in the game. So
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, let's move to uh, our chug sipper pour segment. This segment. I'm going to throw out an idea. You guys tell me, would you chug it? Would you sip on it? Are you pouring it down the drain because you hate it so much? Here we go. Thursday night NFL games. Chug, sip, or pour, Chris Collette?
2: I'm going to sip that. Last week, I was all for more football, more football, more football. But Thursday night games just absolutely suck. Um, I'm okay on opening. On opening opening that weekend, I'm fine with a Thursday night game. On Thanksgiving, give me a Thursday game. That's fine. Whatever. Christmas, if it falls on a Thursday, sure, give me a Thursday game. Outside of holidays or opening weekend, uh, I don't need it. Hickman, you chug, sipping, or pouring Thursday night games.
1: I fully expected Chris to chug that and continue with the more football train, but I actually have the the exact same take as Chris. I I like it when it's special and when it's at a a Thanksgiving or opening weekend, something like that. But uh, it's for – I mean, frankly, those those short weeks are just so tough on players and coaches, and the product ends up just being dreadful. They made it worse with the color rush jerseys. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna have to sip it because I love Thanksgiving games and I love that opening opening week. But um, every week during the season, no, thank you.
0: Well, let me come in with a different take. Then I'm pouring this down the yeah. drain. Thursday okay. night games are terrible. Uh, the first week, you forget there's a Thursday night game anyway. Thanksgiving, you guys are napping through those games anyway. Give me a little bit more of the Macy's Day parade. I'm chugging Thursday night football.
2: That could be the worst take on this That's podcast history. A terrible
1: take, yeah. Chugging the Macy's parade. I can't <laughs> wait till we talk about that <laughs> at Thanksgiving. I will pour every parade down the drain. All right, guys. Well, we had a
0: Monday night doubleheader this week. Would you guys want to see more of Monday night doubleheaders? Fewer. Or are you okay with me doing it once or twice a year, Chris?
2: I'm going to chug it because I have a newborn baby and I'm up random hours of the night. So I go to bed like during the first game and I'll wake up and the second games on. And it's kind of nice to watch it for a little bit. So I'm chugging it. Higman. I'm
1: going I'm to chug it because that means there's a better balance uh, for the week of when the games are. Um, the NFL doesn't like, I hate that there's uh, you know all the one o'clock games, nothing at four. And then there's just you know, a couple more, but anyway, um, once or twice a year, pretty great. Special love at week one. So, yeah, I'll chug. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm going to sip this one. One, there's no chance of me watching that second game. Uh, I just hope it's never the Bengals. It is way too late. Um, and to be honest with you, the first game starting at seven always surprises me every year. I keep thinking, you know, <clears throat> 8, 8.30. Isn't that not I, nice, though? I don't even have the kids to bed. I can't watch that kickoff, Chris.
2: You just got to be a terrible dad like some of us.
0: <laughs> or have or have a kid that doesn't move or walk or talk yet, that too. All right, evidently the WNBA playoffs have started. Are you jug sipping or pouring the WNBA playoffs, Hickman?
1: Um, no offense to the WNBA, but I'm 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 pouring. Not gonna watch. Uh, is Cynthia Cooper in the Houston Comet still the the dominant force in the league? Sure, Mika Holtzclaw. I don't know what I was referencing. Happened in like the late nineties. I'm pretty sure. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm out.
0: Don't bes, don't besmirch the great name of Sue Bird. I'll tell you that. I mean, I got nothing
1: <laughs> against anybody, Sue Bird, but just not super interested in watching.
0: Chris, where are you at in the WNBA playoffs?
2: Um, well, loyal listener of the podcast, David Jester. He's the one that suggested me throw this in here just to see if it would stick. So, David, you are you, the worst. You have him WNBA to blame WNBA for WNBA. this one. Uh, I'm pouring that out. I didn't even know the season would start more or less the playoffs were starting. So, pour it out. It's a waste of my time.
0: David, I'm going to start sending you a gif every day of a WNBA highlight for the next two weeks because that is terrible. We should not be discussing this. You're he does have to... a nice
2: Twitter handle. It's like at B-League Baller. You're just trying to make us all look bad
0: and feel bad. You B-League Baller, just like the WNBA. Everybody's pouring this down the drain. Now, speaking of pouring, Logan Ryan got beer poured on him when he decided to jump into the dog pound uh, against the Browns. Chris, your Tennessee Titan jumps in there, gets bore on, gets beer poured on him. He wasn't happy. Took to Twitter after the game. Chug, sip, or
2: pour it? Uh, I am chugging the fan pouring beer on him. Um, players don't want fans coming in into the field um, I don't know what the hell he expected jumping into the stands. Like, I don't understand why he wants to be the victim in the situation. It's it's stupid. It's dumb. Um, he's he's just embarrassing himself by even talking about it. If you jump in the dog pound, you're going to get beer poured on it. You know it going in. You intentionally did it knowing it going in. And when it happened, you're like, oh, I'm a victim now. Screw that. Hickman?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to say the same thing, just the opposite. I'm going to pour out the complaining. About it. Because, like, yeah, what do you you expect? You're going to be the villain. Be the villain. Own it. You know, you're diving into the dog pound, a bunch of, you know, fans that have suffered forever. What do you expect? Yeah, they're going to throw beer or whatever they have on you, bratwurst or whatever they have in Cleveland. Yeah. The old Cleveland
2: bratwurst, you say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they thought about naming the team, the Cleveland bratwurst, but changed it to Browns. (laughs) yeah
2: I'm, uh, the brats may be better
1: i really have no idea what cleveland you know culinary fair is so maybe that could be something we are enlightened with
0: yeah david jester you got any good ideas about that throw it at us next week um <laughs> i'm probably gonna sip this i'm okay if if uh, players want to jump in there uh but you got to play it more like to and less like logan ryan somebody's throwing the popcorn at you you eat it if they're throwing the well, beer at awesome. you, you throw, throwing the beer at you, you drink it. If you go into the dog pound, you got to be a good sport about it. Um, but if you don't, I mean, if you're standing there, you score a touchdown, people start chucking bottles from the top ropes. I ain't having that, but
1: I agree. I'm okay yeah, this. That's different. That's not, you know, a beer poured down your own shirt. not a safety issue. Um, White claw
0: is a victim of its own success. Guys, there is a massive shortage there's an, all these stories about fraternities down in Texas buying $7,500 worth of white claw to resell in the secondary market.
2: That's a great
0: idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I've got to admit, I have never had a white claw. We probably actually have some in our refrigerator right now uh, for the for the lady here. But are you chug, sipping or pouring in white claw in this massive shortage of
2: white claw summers that existed, Chris? Um. I'm going to pour. I've never had one. Doesn't know what it tastes like, but it's just the principle of it. And as a guy, I, I have to pour. So, yeah. Higman. even though I'm drinking a LaCroix,
1: I am going to pour out the White Claw. Um, however, I will uh, chug the um, enterprising individuals who decided to, uh, you know, make a nice dime on the, on the secondary market. Good for them. I think that turned out better than the dudes who tried to sell secondhand Popeye's chicken sandwiches. It, uh, it turns out that uh, you know uh, beverages that are sealed age a little bit better than fast food chicken. So, Well, I'm going to gonna surprise
0: everybody. I'm actually going to chug this. White Claw branded this whole White Claw summer. Um, it's what everybody talks about when they mention White Claw. Well, boys, summer's over. If you're White Claw, how are you going to stay in business if summer's over? You tell everybody, we have a shortage. Go out and get you some. Uh Every gas station I've been to this week, they still have white claw. If the Wiggles down the stroke down the street can get white claw, then surely anybody else that wants some can. So I'm I'm actually going to chug it as a I think it's a brilliant marketing move. Oh, I get taken. Last I, last idea here in Chug Pour. Texas decided not to turn on the air conditioning to their opponent's <laughs> locker room. They played LSU. Luckily, LSU was tipped off by Louisiana Tech. So they brought in some fans, but Ed Orgeron was not happy about it. Chug sipper poor, the lack of A.C. In a, in a college locker room in 2019, Chris Collette.
2: I am chugging that. I'm all about some hardcore gamesmanship right there. It brought back a memory when I was a, uh, a manager for the Tennessee Tech basketball team. Eric Guest uh, visiting locker room is was seriously the size of a closet. So you're fitting 12 guys plus four coaches into a closet uh app state came to play at tennessee tech and their coach literally refused to play the game like he was going to put the players on the bus and they were going to go home if they didn't get a different locker so it happens at colleges it's kind of funny i'm chugging it
1: oh man uh
0: hey, man, tell me you're smarter than chris
1: well so i love subtle gamesmanship like i love that iowa paints their visitors locker rooms pink you know those, those little little things like that um Leaving the uh, the locker room without AC. Now of course, when I was in high school, we didn't have AC. We said cattle fans and all sweated, but you know then again, I didn't play for some place like LSU. I was at a high school. Um, so I guess that means I sip it. I like gamesmanship, I like some of those subtle things, but I don't like it going to the, to the level of making everybody in a sauna in the, in the visitors' locker room.
0: No, I've got to pour this out. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's 2019. The day before was literally the hottest, the hottest day that they had had. You got kids that have died over heat strokes and things. I'm sorry, Texas. They're in the game for 15 minutes at halftime. If you're not going to have AC or provide it, you you throw some fans up there like Hickman mentioned. But you know, if you want to throw some gamesmanship, I mean, shoot, you can put manure on their sidelines for all I care. Um, but that's not causing people to to get sick. If somebody's got a heat stroke, are you going to take them into the locker room when there's no air conditioning? Like, what are you going to do? Oh, we got to go to Texas's locker room. Can we get the keys? It's ridiculous. You got to give them, pour that down the drain. All right, guys, our last segment this week is the picking and grinning segment. Chris, can you review last week's train wreck for us?
2: Yeah, we sure weren't grinning after those picks. Uh, Hickman was the big winner last week going one and two. And I think y'all can do the math. I think y'all can do the math on what that made me and Logan for last week. So uh, either fade our picks this week or just hope we'll do better. I'm not sure which one to do.
0: I would fade the picks. All right, Hickman, since you are so good at this, what are you picking that's going to have you grinning this week?
1: All right, we're going two with the NFL and one with college football. Um, This week, first, um, Seahawks plus four at Pittsburgh. (laughs) I think that's gonna be a pretty close game. Uh, Seahawks could definitely win it outright, but I think uh I think that's a I think it's a, too generous of a line for Seattle on the road against Pittsburgh who is pretty suspect. How's um,
2: how's Pittsburgh gonna get to ten wins if they start off 0 and two?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's the division's not brutal and Seattle's decent. So also they play the Cardinals and uh the 49ers. so they they can get to ten wins, but Seattle's pretty decent, so Plus four. Uh, also, Chargers minus two point five at Detroit. Uh, Matt Patricia, this is just a this is just a bet against Matt Patricia. That's all that is. I um, The Chargers are decent. I'm a big believer in my man Austin Eckler. So uh, Chargers minus two point five at Detroit. And last one, I feel like this team got too much of a bump for beating a dreadful team last week. We we're going to college football for this. The USC Trojans are minus four at BYU. USC, I know they had an injured quarterback, but they're beating him <laughs> by two touchdowns minimum.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call there. Um, but what do I know? If I had uh if sports betting was legal in the state of Tennessee, I would have lost lots of money last week. I was all in on Tennessee whipping BYU just like should I was all my in. should have. Just like I was all in on Georgia State would have got drilled. Um and somehow they came back to win in the fourth quarter. But this week are are some picks that I'm telling you, uh, if they, if these don't win, then you just need to need to fade everything I do from here on out. Colorado is two and zero. Oh. Um, they are favored by four and a half at home to the Air Force Academy. Give me all of Colorado all day. They're a t- they're going to win by at least a touchdown, probably two. Uh, I'm taking Colorado. It's been a solid week since we've bet on Maryland. I tried to warn you guys last week. Maryland is going on the road to Temple where they're only a seven point favorite. Uh, Maryland minus seven at Temple. That offense is probably going to score 60 again. There's no way Temple keeps up. Give me Maryland. And then going to the NFL, I love an NFL um, home dog. Now, I'm not going to pick the Dolphins on this one, but I am going to take the Giants plus one and a half against Buffalo. Uh, Giants at home, surely it's a toss-up. They've got a chance to win. They're not as bad as as I think Buffalo is. Um, so give me the Giants plus one and a half at home.
2: Chris, where are you at this week? Uh, I went with two college games and one NFL game. First college game, uh, Alabama minus 25 and a half at South Carolina. Uh, I think you get a uh, quarterback in the second start against the Alabama defense. Good luck putting up any points. And Saban's pissed off about the uh, early start time. So I can see pissed off Saban just running that score up, just kind of an FU mode all game. So that was my thinking there. Uh, Another good college football team. I'm taking Oklahoma, minus 23 versus UCLA. UCLA is literally handing out tickets to anybody that showed up their game last week. They gave four tickets away. Um, <laughs> they're, I mean, it's kind of crazy. The Rose Bowl is going to be probably 70% Oklahoma fans. Uh, home, basically, basically a home game. Oklahoma likes running scores up on teams. UCLA looks absolutely helpless with Chip Kelly at the helm. So minus 23, not too bad. And my NFL those, game. Those are big numbers, though, Chris. They are big numbers, but those teams, Alabama and Oklahoma, can score points. So I'll, I'll take the risk on that one. And then my NFL one, I'm taking Indy plus three against the Titans. Titans really struggle against Indy just in general, even without luck. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's probably going to get six catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. And. I think Indy's still pretty good. They played the Chargers, took them to overtime. Should have won if Finis Harry could kick a field goal. So Indy plus three against the Titans. I just I think it's the right bet. Ooh,
0: I almost took that one, but I was going the other way. All right. Well, that's this week's uh, episode seven of the Beer Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. Uh, again, find us on Twitter at Sports Nuts Pod. We've got a Sports Nuts and Beer Guts uh, podcast group on Facebook. Uh, Hit us up with any, any recommendations if you have any better sports stories than the WNBA playoffs. We'd love to hear them so we can plug them for next week. It's been fun. It's been real. See you guys next week, guys.